Step into the life of marathon swimmer and founder of the Port to Pub open water swim event, Kynwin Roberts. Kynwin talks about how swimming was a key part of family life growing up and how in her first Rottnest Channel crossing, she found the spark and challenge that would lead her to becoming only one of 83 people worldwide to have swum the triple crown of open water swimming. She also talks through her upcoming challenge to swim a four-way crossing of the Rottnest Channel in March, April of this year. We then go into the story behind the beginnings of the Port to Pub event that crosses the Rottnest Channel and the scale of involvement to manage such an event. Kynwin is a very grounded lady that gives off a magnetic 100% authentic energy. She's very clear that despite her achievements, she doesn't see herself as anything special just someone who is willing to open up to possibility and explore just what she's capable of doing. She talks openly about the challenges of balancing her full life that include a family of two little girls and also how swimming and the ocean is also a key tool for her to maintain solid mental health and stability among it all. For the listener, you will be given a very clear example of the scale of what can be achieved if you actively choose positivity and gratitude as the basis to approach everything that life presents. So enjoy Kynwin. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Marathon swimming, event management, pushing boundaries and raising money for charities are just some of the things we will dive into today with my guest, Kynwin Roberts. Kynwin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. So one of the questions I like to ask my guests right at the start is because it's called WA Real, is how they came to be in WA. Now you were born here. Yes, yep, born and bred in Kalamunda in the hills. Yeah, yep. so tell me, what was it like growing up here in Western Australia? Oh, I mean, I don't think I realised how lucky I was um, growing up here, as I said, in Kalamunda. So we were far away from the ocean, um, but you know, still lots of pools around Kalamunda and my mum and dad are swimmers, so I was always around a pool and um, had lots of holidays down in Yelling Up and on Rottnest Island. So pretty much can't get a better place around the world, I reckon, to grow up. Yeah, have you lived anywhere else? Uh, I've traveled a lot around the world, you know, for two or three years. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've lived for small stints at other places and yeah, there's just nowhere like Perth. So this lucky to home. have it, totally, yeah. Super. So. If we were to go through your swimming palmares, it's like enormous with like countless trips to Rottnest, one way, um, English Channel, one Manhattan, second fastest crossing to Catalina, da 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 da. Where does swimming come into Kynwin's story? Uh, so it, it, yeah, as I said, it, it's kind of been ingrained with me since a little girl, hanging around the pools with mum and dad and around that really good community. They were with Maidavale Aussie. And so I was always every weekend around them and they were my family. They looked after me, you know, yeah. the whole swimming club. And um, that kind of pushed me on to pool swimming, yeah. um, where my mum and dad also are pool swimmers. And dad was a Welsh swimming champion. He taught himself oh, how... He taught himself how to swim out of a library book in Wales when he was 12. Wow. Um, so that's a pretty cool story. Um, yeah, so uh, me and my sisters, I remember begging my sisters to come swimming training with me so I could come more times a week. So mum and dad, you know, were getting up early for two or three of us, not just me. Yeah. Um, they came kicking and screaming and I was always 
begging them and dragging them to come. So you were the most focused after. Yeah, yeah. I just loved it. I just loved the, the challenge and pushing myself and pleasing my coach and, you know, um, but they were the ones that actually succeeded and got, they were big national champions, Australian gold medals, you know, their rooms at home are just, it's disgusting how many gold medals are around their bedrooms, um, but I didn't get any. Um, I didn't get on, you know, national teams yeah. or state teams or anything. Like, I was still up there. I still competed at nationals, but I just didn't have the talent that they did, I guess, um, even though I was training 10 times a week and everything. Uh, so it wasn't until I um, kind of uh, left school and started doing some open water swims, which there weren't many of back then. Right. You know, there was the Bunbury one, the Rottnest swim through, and... Then I actually was, you know, coming second or third, and I was like, "Oh, this is what I'm oh, better at. This is yeah. what I can do." And you know, it being, all started to click. Yeah, and it was really nice to get somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, finally. Yeah, and I just enjoyed being in the ocean anyway. It was exciting. You didn't know what was going to be ahead of you. It wasn't just a black line going back and forth and back yeah. and forth. Um, Must have been like a huge amount of freedom when totally. you first started. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then, you know, one thing led to another and we'd, I'd done teams for the Rottnest Swim for quite a few years and then something just, I was like, okay, I need to see what I can do now and I need to do a solo and mm. that's when, you know, things just lifted to the next level. What year was that you did your first one? Uh, 2009. Right. So I, tra I started training in um, May the year before. Like, I, w I, was, I've, I don't think I've ever not swum, you know, yeah. I've always swum. Um, but that's when I ramped it up and actually trained, mm. you know, and focused on, okay, what do I need to do to get across there? Mm. Yeah. Were you aware of what you could go and do at that point or? No, not at all. Not at all. I, the English Channel, there's no way that could have entered my mind. You know, that was just way bigger than I could even, someone like me could do. You Why do you say someone like me? Because I'm just like, yeah, as I said, just a... I don't know, just an everyday person that, um, you know, couldn't eat, couldn't make a state team kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So taking off at that time, doing one solo crossing was, that was my big ultimate goal. And I didn't really see anything beyond that. Like, let's see what happens. And of course I did it and it was just awesome. I ran up the beach. I loved it. I partied all night at the pub. And I was like, I've got to do this again and see what else can <laughs> I can do. And... So things have just kind of graduated every just year from that. Bit by bit, bit by, by bit, bit by bit. It's like, okay, I did that faster, I did that better. And then, you know, the English Channel, after a few beers and red wines one night, you know, okay, what needs to be done to do the English Channel? Yeah. And was it almost was, like you unlocked the formula? Yeah. Now we can do this, now we can yeah. do that. Yeah, and there was a bunch of us, you know, five or six of us that were all kind of interested. So we started having little meetings and you know, looking into it and researching it. And um, then the next thing it was booked. And so that the whole next stage of training started happening. And, yeah. you know, then after that, it was like, okay, well, what else is out there in the world? What other swims can we do? And I learned about the Triple Crown and the Manhattan Swim, which was, you know, this big, amazing, prestigious event. And just to enter it was hours and hours of work and resumes and really? to, get it, to get chosen to get in. Mm. Um, and you know, that was an incredible experience with all our mates and you know, we, we decided we were on the Australian team <laughs> to, to go to Manhattan because yep. we were, we were traveling across. Yep. So we um, made our own bathers with the Australia flag on it and, yep. um, 
had a fantastic time. We visited the you know consular general over there and went to baseball games and they had our names up on big screen, the wow. big screen and. It was just really cool to be doing that kind of thing a bit later in life. Um, you know, feeling How old like, were you when you were doing this? Uh, about 20, 26, 27, yeah. And, um, and then I remember getting on the plane, so that was in June, the Manhattan swim. And you know, I got really, really sick. I was sick for three months after that. I vomited so much, I exploded a blood vessel in my eye because the water was so terrible. Yeah. Um, but still, I was on such a high, and I said, "Andy, we got. I got to. This is swimming, Catalina. You know, yeah. in America, and I'm so fit. I've done all this training. Do you reckon I can go back and do it? And yeah. So um, three months later, we turned back around and went to Catalina and um, did did the third swim of the Triple Crown, just like that. But it was just kind of like a snowball effect. I was on a yeah. roll, and it's like, what next? What next? What next? next? Yeah. And then to there to a triple crossing to Rotna. Oh well. yeah, so that was kind of got thrown in there as a bit of a training swim <laughs> as a training swim. And um, I remember Rowan Holick, who I trained with, he's a bit nuts. You know, he'd done quite a few double crossings, which I hadn't done at that stage. Um, he's like, someone needs to do a triple. You know, someone's going to do a triple. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And then I just remember emailing back, yep, I'll do it. All right. <laughs> and then he was like, are you serious? And um, then that started happening and, you know, we got Andrew Forrest involved and walk free so we were doing it for a reason which made it even more mm. exciting and more important and um, god that was the adventure of a lifetime you know doing that and the, the logistics involved and the unknowns swimming in the darkness yes Rottnest Channel in the dark setting off at midnight it's like okay so if I survive the first lap setting off at midnight swimming through the darkness so if I survive that'll be a pretty cool achievement <laughs> yeah. to then turn around and Oh, we got the worst conditions. Like we just had to go on that one weekend uh, because the next weekend was Easter and, you know, everyone was going away. We needed a huge support crew yeah. around us. So that was the day and it was a two metre swell, you know, southwester. I just was horrific, you know, two swimming into the darkness. You don't know where your hand's landing. Jennings totally rolled over. We got to the shore and I thought, I can't swim a little, another stroke, let alone turn around and swim back again. I felt like I had a thousand knives sticking to her back. And then we got to the beach and there was film crews there and all these people cheering us on and all these swimmers ready to swim back with us. I thought, bloody hell, I don't really have a choice here. <laughs> Get on Popped a few Nurofen and off we went. And um, you know, as the sun came up and I got a bit warm and the Nurofen hit, it got better and better yeah. and then once it hit Rotto again, I was like, okay, well, this is just make, making history. We're just going to keep swimming. And um, yeah, like coming in 19 hours later and my tongue and my throat was so swollen from the seawater that I couldn't eat or drink anything. And I was starting to get a bit delusional. It was getting dark and these white swans appeared. I was like, how cool is this? They've sent out white swans to greet us. Especially. Wicked. And then they kind of disappeared. So I was like, oh, okay. And the water had turned brown and I thought it was chocolate. So I opened my mouth to get some chocolate in. You get a bit delirious. So, um, and, you know, got there and did all these interviews. Like I've seen these interviews. I said, how the hell did I actually speak about modern day slavery and everything? <laughs> 
Um, then I went up to the change rooms and had a shower and fainted and went to hospital because my sugar levels were at two. Yeah, they were so low that I could have gone into a coma. Um, but uh, you know, learned so much and mentally just to realise, oh, to swim for 19 hours and to push myself for that long, mm. you know, it's just like, I can do anything, you know, yeah. just like, what next? Does it get addictive? Oh, totally. I'm totally addicted to it. Mm. I love doing this stuff now. Mm. Yeah. I mean, all, all these swims that you've done, it kind of puts you in the 1% of the 1%, you know, the swimming royalty. How does that sit with you? People say that, but it, it just doesn't feel like me, you know. Why is that? Because as I said, I'm just me. Like, I'm no one special. I'm just, you know... I'm just a person that loves doing, I'm loving and happy at what I'm doing mm. and giving it a crack. And I'm no superhuman. Like, look at me. I don't have a swimmer's body. Um, I don't have natural talent. So it's just, you know, it could be anyone doing this. And I, I really don't think that I'm swimming royalty. I just think that's, yeah. I laugh a bit when I hear that. It's yeah. a bit embarrassing, I find. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> so, um, I mean, is there a drive behind it, what you do? Or is this just you channeling your essence and who you are? I just love to see what I can do. And I love having adventures and hanging out with my friends and, you know, having and banter and having fun and doing something different and crazy. Like, if you can do that in life, why not do it? Yeah. You know, you only live once, you know, YOLO. You only yeah. live once is what I always say because I'm fully aware you know, you see people getting diseases and cancers and tragic things happening. And, you know, I want to see what I can do before that happens to me. Yeah. You know, and I want to make an impact on as many people and, you know, help other people if I can through charities or mm. ways, raising awareness. And, you know, now I've kind of built um, my business out of doing this, what I love. And so I feel like, well, I've got to keep doing these things. And mm. um, yeah, it just makes me so happy. It just mm. makes me so happy and positive and just keeps me going. And I think it makes me a better friend and a better mother and a better wife. Because um, it makes me, ha swimming makes me happy every day. If I don't swim yeah. every day, I'm a pretty grumpy, I get grumpy. <laughs> pretty so, grumpy. You know, obviously I'm addicted to the endorphins that it gives me. And um yeah, yeah, I just love seeing Is that the part group. of the, you said, you know, you want to impact as many people as possible. Is that part of the impact? Just do the things that make you happy? Well, that's what seems to have happened. I do mm. what makes me happy, what I love and what I get a kick out of. And people around me love that and go and do their own, their own version of crazy, whether that's just a 2K swim or a yeah. signing up for a team or you know, their first stepping stone to where I started years ago, you mm. know, so it's cool. If you um, look at what makes you a strong swimmer, um, whether it's, you know, physically or, or the way you swim or mentally, emotionally, which, which one of those is the most important to you or are they all in there and part of it. I think it's it's all part of it. I mean, I only actually only saw my stroke videoed a few weeks ago right. um, underwater and my physio um, said, oh yeah, you're really flexible and that's why, you know, you're very flexible ankles and shoulders and stuff. So that obviously assists you. Yeah. But obviously I've been swimming since I was about seven years old and I got trained by very good 
you know, Australian coaches, Matt, right. Matt Brown and Grant Stolwinder. So obviously I got the technique drilled into me a long time ago. Right. But, um, you know, since then I've just realised that it's also what's in your heart and in your head and just mm. gritting your teeth and, you know, and I've learnt to work on that and get better at that side of things and kind of be tougher and stronger mentally inside. Mm. Each one of these swims, each one of these crossings has taught me a different thing about what goes on inside my head right. to make me better. So I think it's, yeah, my technique as well as my mental ability. Yeah. As I said, I don't think I have a swimmer's body, you know, I'm not tall and that V shape. You're quite so diddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, you must have had days when it's like the voice in your head's going, oh, what the hell's going on? Or I can't be asked to get up? Or how do you get over that? Um, I never, I never think, I don't, I don't want to get up. Um, I love getting up and going, you know, that's my ideal morning is getting up and going for a swim. Like yeah. I could, you know, that would be my ideal start every single day. Um, as well as cuddling my little girls and my husband, of course. But um, uh, but I've definitely had, you know, times when I'm swimming. I had one whole rotness swim where I vomited the whole way from start to finish. And I trained yeah. really hard with some, you know, my squad who were all very competitive with each other. And so I was just thinking, oh, I'm coming last. I'm, I'm going to go so slow. I'm going to do eight hours. Like, this is embarrassing. I should get it out. I'm useless. What am I doing this, you know? The whole way, I thought, so negative, vomited. Yeah. I probably shouted at my poor husband the whole way, you know, who was paddling kindly for me. Um, it was such a negative experience for me. And I got to the end and I still did exactly the same time as I did the year before, five hours, 20 or something. Yeah. Came third female overall, exactly the same. And that was a real wake up call for me. I was like, I could have just pulled Turn myself around in my head, you know. Yeah. Gotten over myself, you know, toughened up a bit, and yeah. give myself a talking to, and um, actually enjoyed that experience. Been grateful to my husband and my support group for being there for me. Yeah. And probably would have had a nice or better day out, and maybe done better. But it was a real turning point for me. Yeah. You know, it, it was, was a, a real slap in the face. Drop. Yeah. Yeah. And so from now on, it's made me be you know, get those niggles out and those negative thoughts out and, um, you know, be grateful for being out there and for the people that are giving their time to me and helping me, you know, yeah. achieve what I've wanted to When you to say do. get them out, is it not listening to them or just... Um, turning in, yeah, getting rid of them and yeah. going, okay, my shoulders are killing me or my back's killing me, but, okay, well, what do I need to stop that? How do I change that? Think about my stroke. Think about my, Think about something else. Right. And don't worry, swim through it. Let's just think, get Go to the next food Go back into a more stop. resourceful state. Yeah, think, think about something, you know, that's going to get me there rather than something that's going to make me stop. Right. Yeah. Towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Just turning those thoughts into something useful and positive rather than I want to get out, I'm got, it's hurting, I'm coming last, I'm not doing yeah. very good, I should just quit now. Listen you know? to all that crap in yeah. your head. Yeah. One of the... Um, so I've, I've done one solo in my time. And one of the questions that many people ask me, I'm going to ask you is, what do you think about while you're swimming? <laughs> I know my answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 
I've got so many amazing people in my life. Um, my family is awesome and awesome friends. So I think about them a lot and, you know, when, what I've seen and talked to them about lately or what, you know, I like to plan things. I, I'm an organiser and I like to plan things. So mm. I just kind of spend my time all, what am I going to say at the next food stop to make people laugh or have a bit of a giggle, or, you know, a bit yeah. of banter. And um, yeah, that's what I think about is, right. is my everyday life and my gorgeous kids who are just, you know, the craziest people I've ever met in my life. Um, and what I'm going to see, what I'm going to do with them when I see them next and what I'm going to do with them and think adventures we can go on. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think about how cool my life is and how cool my friends and my family is. And um, yeah, it just literally makes me smile while I'm swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your um, relationship with the ocean because, you know, you've you trained in pools in the hills and then move into the ocean and then, you know, doing a midnight solo as part of the triple and stuff like that. Do you think about, you know, what's in it, how big it is, or, you know, did that used to scare you? Have you now reconciled that? Do you push it away or do you embrace it or? Yeah, so like I definitely am aware that they're there and I'm aware that the ocean can bring, you know, so many different factors, mm. you know, whether it's the weather and the, you know, the winds and the currents and the tides and stuff like that, whether it's stingers, like I hate, hate stingers. I don't think many people do like them. Hate them, you know, um, and, but, that's all part of it. They're there and I'm in their their habitat. Yeah. So I gotta cop it, whatever's there. And, you know, I've kind of um, done my research on, on sharks and I've been told by uh, you know, marine biologists what they you know, what they're like and their temperaments and you know, I just kinda of think they're not there for us, you know, they're not after us, um, they right. don't give a hoot about us and you know, I love this being in this ocean so much so whatever happens happens and you know it could happen to me walking across the street I could die getting hit by a car or whatever so um, and so I just kind of get it out of my head and not think about it because you can think about it and think oh when am I going to get stung or when am I going to get bitten or when am I going to get hit by a boat you know you could worry about all that and have an awful horrible negative experience or you can think about how cool is this? Like I remember when I was swimming in the darkness at midnight, you know, I just thought, how cool is this? I'm in the middle of the ocean in the darkness, surrounded by my mates, <laughs> flying fish are everywhere. I don't know what's ahead of me. How exciting Spicy. and liberating, you know? And I just, you know, some people might think that's a crazy way to think, but I had the best time, you know? Mm. It was crazy, thrilling excitement. And that's just how I had to think the whole way. Mm. Um, a good friend of mine swam at the same time and he's a very established swimmer, like very, comes from a swimming background, a family of swimmers, great swimmer. And he just went into shock after 10 minutes. You know, it obviously got to him in a different way. Mm. And he literally got into shock and said, I need to get out. And I said, you can't get out now because no one can see us. It's windy. They can't hear us. You've got to keep swimming to the next food stop. And he kept swimming for a bit, for a bit. Then the next thing he was pulling himself over a boat because he was just like, get me out of here, you know? So I just had to keep my mind focused on the way I was thinking and feeling yeah. because otherwise you just go into that terrifying fight yeah. or flight response, I guess. Of, yeah. Yeah. And I find that, I found that the more time you spend in it, the more 
you de-layer and de-layer and de-layer That's and right. de-layer any sort of fear that yeah. you might have of the unknown, which is the enormity of the ocean. That's right. Um, I found the more and more um, I spent time in it, the more the layers dropped away till I got to the point of curiosity about what I might see. Yeah. And what would it feel like to see things? Exactly. I think about that all the time. I think, mm. what if a, if a shark came towards me, what would I do? Like, I'd actually just love to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, try and touch it or... Strangely you know. enough, I got to see a tiny shark on oh, my solo. You? And I thought it was a gift because it went underneath. And I was like... That's so cool. Yeah. I'm jealous. I, I chose not to tell anybody in my support crew until we got to the island. Yeah, well, wow. the 19K mark. Yeah. Because I, I thought, I don't want them getting worried and pulling me out. Yeah, exactly. Everything felt very calm and safe. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, most of your big events have also been linked to charities. Why so? Um, I think, you know, a lot of people think of... Doing, doing a solar and being a swimmer is almost a selfish sport, and it, it is. Cause well, it's, it is, it, on one yeah. level. And so I thought, well, if I'm doing this and if it's going to get attention anyway, and if mm. it's going to, you know, if I can give back and help someone by, you know, kind of handballing my attention to something else, yes, then, you know, I'm all for it. So uh, the English channel was for Breast Cancer Care WA because my husband's, um, cousin Pip was going, who's my age, was going through fighting breast cancer at the time. Right. So I wanted to do it in her honour, and she was um, able to watch me do, you know, watch on the little dot on the screen, watch me do the English Channel uh, before she passed away. But at least we got to raise, oh, I think our, our group raised $70,000 for mm. Breast Cancer Care WA. So at least something, you know, good out of that swim came, came out of it. Um, the triple was for uh, modern day slavery, walk free, yep. uh, which was um, Andrew Forrest's campaign that was just being launched. It was, yeah, literally that yep. kind of set it off, off the ground and got a bit of media and awareness and talk about that. And it also makes me think when I'm having those dark moments, oh, come on, at least, you know, you're not fighting breast cancer or at least you're yeah. not... Um, you know, a slave yeah. trapped against right, their will. Here I am doing something amazing for myself mm. and I'm fit and I'm healthy and I'm lucky. So, you know, it does help me in a positive way with my swimming as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, you, you know, you talk about other people and it being a selfish uh, endeavor. How are you with asking for help? Because I found that, you know, you can go and run a marathon and all you need is your trainers mm. and, and you can take yourself off. That's right. Right? You can go and do a triathlon and pretty much do the same. Just stick your bike in the car and you're you That's right. And you turn up and you do the event. You want to go and swim to Rottnest or you want to go and swim right. You have to ask so many people for help. Exactly. And and I got quite overwhelmed at the end of it when I realised just what everyone had done for me. Yeah. How, how have you gone with asking for help? Yeah, exactly. It's awful. And... You know, what they give to you, you, you literally can't do it without yeah. their support. You cannot do it. You yeah. can't just go and swim by yourself. So, um, as I said to you before, I'm so, my mum and my dad and my sisters and my husband just, you know, they just do it. Yeah. No brainer, they would just do it. And I would do anything back for them as well. Mm. And I think, um, 
I, I love helping people and I would drop anything, bend over backwards for anyone to help anyone in whatever they needed. And so mm. I think maybe that's why people do, you know, I thank people in other ways and give back to yeah. them. So, you know, I feel, I feel like they're helping me, but I, I do a lot to help them back as well. Mm. And um, yeah, and I just, I try and make it an adventure for them as well and, you know, make them feel a part of it and because they are, because yeah. you couldn't, couldn't do it without them. So yeah, just being thankful and grateful. And, you know, I think I added up, I've done it 27 times in total, you know, that's with, teams as well and duos as well yeah. and you know so my skipper rod who i ask every year and he always <laughs> comes back and i've just purchased him another jacket you know he's probably got a wardrobe of jackets but um yeah i'm so grateful for the, for the help and yeah but it's, it is hard but i just make the effort to thank them back as well mm. so coming out of your swimming and into everybody else's um You've now set up the Port Pub. Yeah. So, why? <laughs> we already have one established. Yeah, event. and it's an amazing event. And yeah. for me, for years and years, um, that was my Christmas day. You know, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And my Christmas family, day. Loved, it seriously was. And I think I think a lot of swimmers would feel the same way about it. Oh yeah. Just the excitement and everything. It was an amazing event, amazing history, and um, you know, I had a little squad. Um, starting up and training people all year round wanting to do it and then it's got so popular that people was missing out and right. you know um, I was missing out my swimmers were missing out and you know the devastation that that feels when you oh, don't yeah. get in it's like what I'm not I can't be a part of it you know I'm missing Christmas <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. and um, you know I'm uh, I'm in the Hall of Fame of the Rottnest Channel Swim now and you know, it, it's not, they don't take favourites, you know, which is a yeah. good thing. I yeah. think it's a really good thing that, you know, people are like, oh, if you've won the Rotto Swim, you should get an automatic entry. Or if you're, you know, I've done it every year since the start, I should get automatic entry. But, you know, then other people that want to give it a go can never get in. So, yes. I, you know, it's, they're a victim of their own success. And I think they need to make it fair across the board. Yeah. But there's a limit to how many people can do it. So I remember standing in the, at the pool at Claremont Pool and someone said someone's got to start another event like we need another option and you should do that Kiney oh, right. okay. okay so I kind of started talking about it with my husband and you know I remember getting a group of people and advice and help and looking into it and just to get applications in we had to put our whole event together we had to have rules and maps and risk management and you know so talk about asking for help like yeah. we were just pulling on so many strings and drawing for help and so um you know it was a, it was a small core team but we got have a lot of friends and advice around us helping and then we put it in we got rejected so it was like a year's worth of work oh really and we got rejected rejects it? so you have to get approval from the department of transport the Fremantle port uh, you know, and various other stakeholders. Um, and it was the port that I think they were just like, no, nah, no way. We're not, obviously, you know, we're not, you know, having compromising our channel for another swim. Yeah. Um, so we went to Colin Barnett and kind of, you know, told him about it and the effects on the community and tourism and, 
you know, you know yep. uh, he was all for it, so he made it happen. Oh, right. He kind of overread it and, and nice. got it. So then all of a sudden, I think that was kind of, you know, that was, oh, it didn't give us very long <laughs> to actually, okay, we're doing this, you it's know, on. get a marketing team together and websites and open entries and, you know, all these things. There was, you just, I did not realise how much went into, <laughs> into running event until we started doing it. For the listener at the moment, Kyron's sitting here with yes. his head in her hands, <laughs> looking <laughs> like very, you know, it's, uh, your whole demeanour is different to when we were talking about swimming a minute ago. Yeah. Go on, carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was full on. And, you know, at the time, Andy and I were, you know, trying to buy a house and renovating and having, we had a baby on the way and so did Jane Monday. She was pregnant and, you know, all of the committee, we were at a very stressful time of our life trying to do this. Yeah. So it was working to midnight every night, all weekends. There was so much work that went into it. And, but, um, you know, we got 600 people in that first year and we pulled it off. And, mm. um, yeah, a lot of work, but a lot of f- amazing feedback and that feeling that, ama- you know, so many people had helped make that happen. And mm. I think so many people had that sense of pride of making that community event happen and seeing people cross the line and... Yeah, it was a real achievement, not just for us and our committee, but for the community and for mm. the swimmers and to go, okay, there's another option and it's actually, it's all right. Like yeah. it, it went How well. How do you make it a point of difference? Well, that's the thing as well. We didn't want yeah. to just copy and paste. We want, mm. you know, we wanted to have a point of difference. So starting in Fremantle, which, uh, you know, that's when the ver- where the very first Rottnest Channel Swim started. So we're yep. kind of bringing it back to their roots having that 25 kilometer ultra marathon was a diff- point of difference. And we kind of thought that's really gonna put Perth on the map worldwide. Yes. And um, you know, everyone's always looking for another challenge for the next step up. And so many people As have done the solo now, <laughs> yep. That, uh, you know, I, I really think that that is the 25K is gonna take off and we are getting more and more people from around the world doing it. And um, so that was a big point of difference. and. Figuring out the course, you know, okay, how do we make this 25K? Do we do make them do an extra 5K at the other end? Yes. But I just know as a swimmer, getting to the other end, seeing that island, being that close, smelling the bakery, you don't want to swim another 5Ks when you no. get there. So that's why we have it to start with and then you follow yeah. follow the normal route across. So um, And also having the team of six as well makes it... Doing the team of six. Well, there was, a, you know... Just kind of knowing our friends and knowing so many people would love to be a part of it, but maybe a team of four, they just don't have time to train that much. Or beginners who really want to do it, but, you know, can't quite make the distance or yeah. too nervous and too scared of everything else that's involved in an ocean swim. So just giving them the stepping stone to try it mm. and give it a go. And then we thought we'd introduce wetsuits because so many, you know, we're one of the biggest people, reason people pull out is because of hypothermia and some people could never do it because they just get so cold and if you've got cold before it's a really horrible uncomfortable feeling yeah, uh, so you know we incorporated an assisted category um, obviously that's not on the same bed of stool as, as solos doing a solo and they don't get recognized but at least they can say that they've you know given it a crack and, and yeah. done it so just a few little points of difference and then also being a swimmer and having done it myself okay what would I really love at the finish line? I'd love, I'm standing in the sun. I don't know where the hell my support crew are. I'm in my bathers, getting burnt, you know. Yep. 
I want That's a drink. The time you get most I want of some it. fruit. I want a towel. And I want a hat. I want to have a shower. So we put all of that at the finish line. You know, we've got fresh, warm showers at the end, and we've got a recovery tent where you can sit down. You can have a hot Milo or some muffins. Have Suvi Sports massaging. You know, massaging. You get a towel straight away and. So many women actually emailed after that. You said you could see a, a woman. There was a woman's <laughs> touch in that because, you know, being self-conscious um, in your bathers at the end, getting photographs, you know, just to be able to wrap a towel around you. Yes. Um, just made you feel more comfortable and welcomed. And, you know, we had this gorgeous, gorgeous DJ, DJ Dave, who's a swimmer himself and, you know, we'd ask swimmers for requests of what's, what song do you want to come in over the line? What's going to make you feel like a hero coming through the line? So yeah. we'd have that organised. So we, just these little one percenters mm. really made a difference to people as they came through. And, you know, we got that feedback and people really liked that. And so we've worked hard to, you know, listen to people and what they want and, mm. you know, be really professional and classy and thorough and safe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, um, do you have a future vision for it or is it still, is it where you want it to be at the moment? It's really, I mean, we're sponsored by Channel 7. Yeah. Like our little event, our little idea that we had is now sponsored by these big, amazing... In what, four or five years? Yeah, so this is our fifth year and um, so we've got, we've just ticked over 1,200 people registered. So that's our max that we've ever had. Yep. Um, we're still open for a, a few more weeks. So... Um, you know, we want to, you know, that feeling at the pub and you're there and you're celebrating with your mates and with your support crew and with those people that you've trained for. Mm. That's that's the Christmas for me. That's what I love is being there with everyone that's sunburned and, you know, exhausted yep. and, you know, happy and hugging each other. That's the feeling that I love at the pub and that's what we want to keep. Yes. You know, um, so we're going to keep it so that it's manageable and safe and we keep that experience at More the end. Local, yeah. Local and friendly. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How do you balance this swimming and the positive swim squad with family life? Yeah, it's a real juggle. It's a real struggle. And I think any um, couple with young kids, it, life's a juggle and it's hard. And it's, yeah. um, you know, Andy and I both work early. Um, we've got a positive lifestyle training is mobile fitness training. So he's up early every morning training people and I'm up early going off the swim squad every morning. So mm. luckily um, we get the help of, you know, au pair. Yep to um, help the girls when they get up and then I come home, hang out with the girls and um, get them off to school. But it's, yeah, it's constantly juggling babysitters and help and support. We've got beautiful families. Um, both yeah. of, uh, the grandparents love to help out as well. So they're kind of on call and um, we're, we've got an awesome community village around us helping us. Yes. And for me, my swimming is my therapy as well. So yeah. That's what settles me down and I can organise my head through my swimming and that's my downtime. And sometimes I go down to the beach at 4.30 in the morning or at 7.30 at night to get my swimming in. You know, when yep. the girls are asleep, it's a good time for me to train uh, or I jump in before and after my squads. 
Um, but it definitely has grown and exploded and we've just needed to manage it as we as we go and do what we can to survive. But um, mm. yeah, it does get a bit out of hand at the moment. We've got to find ways to pull it back and, you know, have little times to ourselves and Sunday mornings to ourselves and, you know, as a family, because I realise it's such a precious time when they're, you know, Darcy's four and Genevieve's two now. So yeah. I don't want to miss it. I don't no. want to be working and giving my time and to everyone else. Um, you know, they're beautiful yeah. little girls and I, you know, want to give them a, a good, good, healthy upbringing as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's quite a juggle. It is. It's really very hard and I don't know if it's going to get easier. We'll see. But um, I'm just, just floating above the water at just the moment, floating. I think. Yeah. Is, are there times when that becomes more challenging than going on a triple crossing? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So last year, Bryn, I did five crossings, solo crossings. And um, one of them in particular at the beginning um, was literally a mental health day. Like literally, I just needed to get away from everyone and get away from everything and just have peace and quiet in my head. You know, I just needed to yeah. get off my phone and yeah, it was, a, it was a mental health day for me. And, that's and so your mental health day was? Swimming to Rottnest. Swimming to Rottnest. Yep. Was that with John? Uh, yep, yep yeah. that was with John. Uh, one, of the, yeah, one of the crossings, I was literally only supposed to support. Yes. I was only meant to be, um, I was swimming out. I'd done my squad in the morning, zoomed down to the beach. I was just going to swim out to the boat and support the guys. And it was so beautiful. And, you know, Dean goes, I'll oh, just stay in for another half an hour. And so I just kept on swimming and I was loving it. Mm. And Wayne, who was on the boat, goes, Carney, looks like you're swimming a rotto. And I like, had a chuckle and I swam another half hour. And I had no feeding, nothing yeah. planned. I heard all you had was a cup of coffee and banana before yeah. you set off. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, this is a bit crazy. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And I think because there was no pressure on me, mm. you know, um, I just kept going and I, I did it. And it was yeah. mental. And poor, you know, Dean and I had all of his, you know, feeds as well. <laughs> I'd had to borrow some of his. But um, yeah, I just love it so much that yeah. literally that's my time by myself. Yeah. And so that, that, so. It's not just everything else that we've talked about. It's also the mental health yeah. aspect. Yep, definitely. Yep, that's my psychiatrist out there in the water and sorting things out and living living life. And I realise it's not normal, you know. I get told that well, a lot. you say it's not normal. It, you're actually doing it. You're actually doing something. What is normal? Going and sitting in a room for 50 minutes talking to a complete stranger and then and then do what afterwards? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I myself during the solo training found that the more time I was spending, the more things were just resolving themselves because what else are you doing for three hours while you got a face down in the water? That's right. Yeah, you sort out your problems, you've sort out your priorities and you... Mm. You yeah. just allow them to... I think, I think I found I almost allowed them to sort themselves out rather than me mentally doing it. Exactly. That's right. You've got so much time to just calmly process everything and you come out finishing going, okay, I can handle life again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or I know what to do here and I know yeah. what to do here and I know what to do there. Yeah. And literally I'd get to Rottnest, you know, have a quick beer and chips, head back 
and go, right, I'm back into mum mode now. Yeah, life I'm back is good. Into, yeah, let's clean the house. Let's get yeah. the dinner on, you know? I'm fed and nourished on lots and lots of different levels. Yeah, but I'm okay now. And I've done my thing. I've had my time and now I can give back to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day with um, Gabby Reese and Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer. Mm. And, and Laird was talking about the, the interplay between he can't just be selfish and go and chase big waves. Everything has to be settled and sorted in the house. But then because of that, everything, if he just did the settled and sorted in the house, then he would never be where he needs to be in his big wave surfing. And the two feed each other. He has to do one to be good, at, to be present in the other. Yeah. And he has to be present in one to be present in the other and go round and round and I'm getting the same thing it's from you Absolutely, here. yeah. Yeah, and anything less means that you know, everybody doesn't get to enjoy 100% kind win. That's right, yeah. And that would be sad. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love being able to give 100% of myself to everyone. And I can see people feed off, off yeah. that. And, you know, but if I don't look after so many, myself. So many people out there, uh, I'm a little bit in, but I'm a little bit out at the same time. And I'm just a bit worried. I'm just a bit nervous. Because I don't know, and I might fail, or I might, you know, yeah. So to be 100% in yeah, is rare, yeah. but beautiful at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Do you think that's why you attract the people you do, like the networks, you meet the, you know, the Andrew Forrests, that, but you also have, you know, I speak to some of the people who are friends who are in your Positive Swim squad, they all say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it does, you know, it's like like attracts like, isn't it, you know? And our squad is just full of, you know, our, our normal in our little bubble, you know, of doing crazy things. Yeah. Um, you just get swept along in it and it becomes normal and um, mm. it's an exciting place to be, mm. you know? Crazy and exciting. And, um, crazy and exciting, but full of... You're open up to possibility and probability of yeah. things that you can do. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. So when you sent me your um, bio here, you know, I read through all the great stuff. And then there's just this last line at the end about a four-way swim <laughs> to Rottnest, back to Cottesloe, to Rottnest, to Cottesloe, or yeah. whichever. Talk me through that one then. So, um, Is it because it's not been done? Pretty much. So um, my last swim, my last kind of good, you know, crazy swim uh, was around Rottnest. Mm. Um, uh, so when was that? Probably 2014. What was, what was that like? That must have been so cool. beautiful. So cool. Literally smile on my face. Well, I got stung the whole way around. Eight hours of getting stung, which yeah. wasn't that great. But everything was so amazing. We just got that one day of the year that you couldn't do it. You know, it was like the calm before a storm. We were getting mm. big fat raindrops. It was hot and humid and just yeah. oily flat, you know, really, really calm, even around West End. Right. And, um, that must have been stunning. So, yeah, it just all came together and um, did that again with, uh, with Wayne and Jeff Wilson, two of our friends that did the English Channel and all of those other swims with. and. Um, had a great group around us and one of my friends, um, you know, uh, dads was a West, West Cop, Westpac helicopter. So we knew that they would come out and look out for us a bit. And um, 
Yeah, just the sunrise that morning was incredible. When we started off swimming from Thompson's Bay around to the natural jetty and to get around there where I'd never been before and just the fish and we had seals swimming around us. Literally, I thought my hand was going to bang into them. Mm. So playful and stingrays and you're just like, oh, what's going to be around this corner? What's over this rock? It was like swimming in a beautiful aquarium. It was just so cool. And just knowing Rottnest, having grown up around Rottnest and seeing, you know, the landmarks and the beaches and the lighthouses as we went. And once we finally were getting back around, I was like, wicked, here's the basin. You know, we're yeah. nearly home. And um, yeah, it was such a cool experience. As I said, apart, along with that weather, because it was hot and calm, yeah. we got the stingers. But you're like, well, come on, you get, you know, you're yeah. pretty lucky with everything else we've got. Uh, so I think it was 28 kilometres and we just we just had a lot, a, lot of, a lot of fun. We had a lot of support swimmers around us as well. And yeah, it was a really good crew. It was a really great ex- adventure. So, but pretty much after that, um, yeah, I got, I was pregnant and uh, started that next challenge in life, yeah. which, yeah, like sometimes I literally think that, yeah, swimming a solo is much easier than being a mum. Like it's hard. It's yeah. hard, hard work. So um, anyway, so that that's kind of the last crazy swim. And I've just, you know, dabbled with it. I've done duos with Andy um, in the Rotto Swims um, the last few years. And as I said, last year, just kind of did a few more solos. And that amazing woman, Sarah Thomas, did a four-way English channel yes. crossing. And that just blew my mind. I just thought that, and because she'd gone through chemo the year before. Yes. And I honestly think, thought, I don't know if she, if this is actually humanly possible. Like, can someone do this? And she mm. did it. And I just, I don't know, I just got that fire in my belly. Whoa. I just got that feeling back again. Yeah. And, you know, started talking um, to a few friends about it. And, um, yeah, you know, definitely would be possible if you got, because the triple, we didn't get great weather at all. No. One, any leg of it was good, you know. So, you know, we thought if we got good conditions and... Um, Just looking at about, what, 24 hours of swimming? Yeah, it would be 24, 26 hours if everything yeah. goes well. And, you know, so I kind of was doing these solos every few weeks, like once every three or four weeks we'd do one. Um, so Dean Kearns is one of my swimmers. So... Um, yeah, just got a great attitude to life and very positive and very, you know, infectious to be around. And he's got a boat, which is very handy when you need to do a <laughs> yeah. solo. Um, so he would um, say, the weather's looking good. Shall we go for it? We'd get our forms in and just go for it. And kind of doing them, I was thinking, all right, we're, we're getting fit enough to do this. I reckon we can do it. So we put our forms in and um, started talking to people and uh yeah, it's actually going to happen now. So um, we've got a three-week window at the end of March. So we're literally going to wait for the conditions yeah. to be ideal for it. And um, it's really exciting just having that something to focus on again and train for again and feeling fit again. Like I'm just really feeling so happy to have that drive. And um, once again, I know it's a lot on my family, so I'm trying not to invade too much on their life. And with Port to Pub coming up as well, that's taking up a lot of time. So got a lot on my plate, but I'm, you know, mm. it's all in the air and I'm juggling it. What does training look like for you then, roughly? <coughs> well, because I don't have a big chunk of hours in the day, um, like I'll, I'll get there a bit early before my squat at 5.30 and, and do maybe two or three Ks. Then I'll jump in and 
you know, do another half an hour after my squad and then I'll go back down. Now we've got the shark net down at um, Cottesloe. Yeah. Um, you know, you can comfortably train down in the ocean at night, which yeah. is we're going to need to train for anyway, swimming in the darkness, because 12 hours of it's going to be in the dark. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, this friend of mine, Dean Kearns, he's just got a really... I think we're, we're very similar pace. We, we can swim forever at, at that same comfortable, you know, where you get into that Zen, you know, yep. not really thinking about how fast we're going and we know that we need to stay at that. We can't get excited and get competitive yeah. and go fast to make it. We're going to just have to go slow and steady. Yep. Um, so, and also Wayne Morris, uh, you know, who's done all these other swims, he's dead keen on doing it as well. Um, and now we've got John Curtis, who's going to kind of see how he goes. Maybe he'll do a double, maybe a triple. He's just going to be a buddy swimmer for Wayne because they can swim at a good pace. Yep. And then Dean and I, so we'll both have our own, you know, flotillas around us and shark shields and paddlers and crews around us. Not a great day out um, adventuring, isn't it? So, you know, it scares the hell out of me. Like, I'm, you know, it's what, crazy. What, what is, but how it's does this... How does the scariness turn up for you? Um, maybe it's because I'm a mum now and I'm like, is this stupid? You know, what is something going to happen to me? Mm. You know, and that, that, so that play, I think that's because people are asking me that a lot. So it, it, it does start to play on my mind. But, um, but I'm just putting everything in place to make it as safe as possible yeah. and give ourselves the highest chance of, of it being a safe and successful crossing. My sister, Sean is a doctor and she's putting a, re a bunch of research students around us, which is so exciting oh, right. for open water swimming as well. So this is going to be the first stage of it, but hopefully down the track, we'll do testing on on my solo swimming squad and English channel swimmers and right. you know get more investigation and research into core temperatures and blood tests and you know body fat and nutrition and yeah training and all of that kind of stuff so that's really reassuring to me that I'm going to be getting my core temperature monitored my blood sugar levels monitored we're going to go at perfect conditions We've got shark shields all around us, not just on the kayaks, but on the boats, these right. bigger, stronger ones that Shark Shield have now come out with. Okay. Um, you know, to cover us in the in the dark. Um, we've got a re we've got doctors on board, um, our skippers, both Rod and John Z, who will be Dean's skipper, um, are really uh, you know, confident and you yeah. know, professional and they just know what they're doing, they know us, they're gonna look after us. And we're just going to have fun. Like we've got a good, we're getting a crew around us that's going to keep us laughing and keep, you know, make this an adventure. Yeah. And all I've got to do is do what I love for 24 hours. Swim. At a nice, <laughs> easy pace. And just, you know, see what happens and have some fun out there. And I figure being a mum in those first few years, I have had two weeks of not sleeping with, you know, poor little sick children screaming all night. Like, it's hell. Yeah. So... If I can do that and then still have to get up and work and function and look after kids, I figure I can stay awake for 24 hours having an amazing adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I love the outlook on it. So, um, and we're doing it for, um, to raise, a, well, I know it's already a thing, but to raise more awareness on 
plastics in the ocean. Mm. You know, we're so lucky to have our beautiful ocean. Yes. But you go somewhere like Bali, I don't know if you've been there recently, yeah. and it's so depressing, you know, running down the beach over all this rubbish and plastic. And, you know, I, I honestly think in a few years' time, you're not going to be able to go to Bali anymore because, you know, my girls aren't going to be able to go to some places or swimming some places because it's so dirty. And we've got an opportunity now to do something about it. And none of us can be perfect. Plastics are around us, they're in our life. but. If we can make little changes, mm. every one of us make little changes, it's going to make a worldwide difference. And so we're, you know, people might laugh at this, but uh, so when you're swimming a solo, usually you use a lot of plastic bottles, plastic pop-top juice bottles, for example. Mm. And so in one crossing, you might use 20 of those pop-top bottles, yeah. along with any other, you know, glad Ziploc bags and stuff like that. So that's just me, right, doing one crossing. So doing four of those, <coughs> that's going to build up to a lot of plastic bottles. Now, in the Rottnest Channel Swim this year, there's 500 soloists. Yes. So 500 people times all of those bottles is huge. Shit, Tom. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to try and do with these crossings is we're coming up with ways of how we can reduce that. Mm. Um, so we're going to have some big, you know, the big drink containers with the... Uh, you know, you press yeah, the, the button, you tap, 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 that's yeah, what it's called, that's <laughs> um, into a, a little flask, like these little, yep. uh, like a Yeti tumbler that'll keep it cold. Um, it's got a magnetic little lock on it, so the salt water can't get in, so they'll throw it to us, we'll drink it down, throw it back, and they just need to refill it refill, every time. Refill, yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder logistically for the support crew, but... Give them something to do, won't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else are they doing? But... Um, you know, and I just think if people can apply that to everyday life and make small little changes, yeah, it's going to make a big worldwide difference. Mm. So we're doing it for the um, hashtag No Plastic Waste. Yep. And um, yeah, we'll just see see where that goes and see you know if people in this Rotto Swim or in the Port de Pav for years to come can make those changes mm. and change the way that people think, it'll make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. Where do you think Western Australia would be if more people got in the ocean more? Oh, I think we'd have a lot, a lot happier community, community, a lot less mental health problems, a lot less depression, fitter people, you know, living longer and not mm. getting a sick. I honestly think, I don't know if it's a myth, but I think being in the salt water um, cures a lot of sicknesses. Um, I swim all through the winter in the cold, and I think that helps you fight off colds and germs. I don't know if it kills the bugs or if it's a mental thing, but you know, I feel it makes your immune system stronger. Yes. So if everyone was, you know, I love seeing those legends in the middle of the night, you know, they're in their, sorry, not early morning, they're kind of in their 70s, 80s, 90s, every morning that's been their routine, yes. their whole life dipping in the ocean, having a little splash and a swim and a coffee. If everyone did that, I think we would just be such a happy, happy state, a happy yes. community. Yeah, it brings people together. It you does. Know? And that's just the cause of, so, you know, loneliness and, you know, not having that endorphin rush. It's just the cause of so much depression, loneliness and anxieties and stuff like that. So, mm. 
Yeah, I think as well as being in something bigger than yourself. Exactly, big and it's Mother Nature, and it's gonna. Who knows what every morning's gonna bring, you know? And the beauty it brings. Yeah. You know, the morning waking, swimming alongside those Norfolk pines and seeing the sun rise, and then you look on the other side and the moon's there. It's just like, how good's life? Why would I, I want to be in bed right now? You know? Yeah. yeah. Far out. What have you learned about yourself on all this journey? Um, I've just learnt how to be a better person by being positive and by giving to people makes you better, makes you positive and makes you stronger. Giving to people, mm. you know, it comes back to you yes. tenfold. And um, just the way that you think about things and take on things in life, you know, from, from what I've done with my swimming, it's just transferred over into into life and into business and into relationships and stuff like that. You know, working through problems and pushing through things and you do come out the other end, you know? Yeah. You finish an event, you finish in a race, you wake up the next day, it's another new day, you know, that's gonna hold new adventures or new problems or new, you know, dilemmas, who knows what's gonna happen. Yeah. You get through it, it finishes and you can start again. Yeah, so it's really, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I'm a Wonder Woman and I'm perfect, but I'm still learning a lot about myself yeah. and about other people. And um, I'm just so lucky to be around other people in my life that have got the same attitude mm. and, you know, helping me through. But you're doing it. Yeah. Hmm. What does the next sort of three or four years look like for you? Um... I don't know. Another like, crazy adventure which you can't even fathom at the moment. I've just, I've, you know, I've got this amazing group of swimmers who they've got their own goals, so I'm helping them through that. And That must be rewarding. Oh, it's wicked. It's the best feeling ever. You know, I had two swimmers last year do the Catalina Crossing and being there with them and their families and teaching their families, like, how amazing their son is or their yeah. husband is. And, you know, this is what they're doing. And, you know, it's just the coolest thing. And having the honour of swimming in with them to the finish and seeing them achieve it. It's just, you know, the best feeling ever. Yeah, yeah it makes everything, all the, I, I invest a lot of time and heartache and, you know, emo I get emotional about them and worry about them a lot, but it makes it all worthwhile. So, you know, I, my goal is helping them. Um, my goal is, you know, port to pub and seeing that grow and, um, but you know, my number one, my number one is my family and looking after them and mm. I'm learning as I go. There's no guidebook on, no. you know, how to, you know, I'm sure as I get older, the problems are just going to be different. Um, so that's a whole new challenge. And I just want to be, you know, I've got the best mum and dad I could have ever asked for. They couldn't have done anything better. For, so I want to be like that for my girls and, um, and my husband, you know, he's, solid as a rock and puts up with so much from me like I'm a bit headstrong and um, really? you know and a lot of people want my time and yeah you know I've got to you know he's just amazing so I've got to make sure I look after him and my girls and yes they keep you quite grounded though. yeah totally I've got to pull myself back to them that's the, the most important thing hmm. yeah. the last question I ask all my guests is if you could take a little nugget of knowledge you know Kywin's nugget and upload it into the collective consciousness so everyone just gets it, what would it be? Um, I think be kind to people, give give to people and you'll get it. It'll come back to you 
it makes yeah. you feel good and it'll come back to you. So yeah. give to others and be good to others and show kindness to others. Yeah. Karma, it's been absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. You it's too. It's been great fun. If um, so you're taking entries all the way up to the last day or? <laughs> yeah, so Brotto Channel Swims this Saturday and we stay open for one week after. So right. we close on the 2nd of March. So there's still time to get entries in. Still time to get entries. Yeah. And if people want to come and find you, where do they find you? Do you mean physically? You, well, if you know, <laughs> I want to go and My sw- address. Like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to give them your address. No, no. Um, if you want to, it's a bit weird. Um, as in, someone's sitting there listening to this and goes, I want to go and swim at Carmen. Oh, cool. So um, positive lifestyle training. Mm. So that's our business and, you know, Positive Swim Squad is a branch of that and all of my times and um, squad and what I offer is all on there and we go all year through and, um, yeah, give me a call. Super stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bryn. Cheers.